good was worship this morning. Thank you, guys. You can be seated. Um, so good morning, church. It's so great to have you here this morning in the house. I'm so excited to see your beautiful faces. Um, so I'm here this morning to lead you in the message. Um, maybe it's your first time in church today and or your first time here at One Heart Church in a little while. We want to welcome you. We're so glad that you're here with us this morning. Um, hello to our friends watching online. We do miss you. We hope you're going okay. Um, maybe reach out to us if, if we haven't heard from you for a little while. We want to make sure that you're okay. We're praying for you and we miss you. And also if you're joining us on the podcast, hello, you can't see us, but you can hear my voice. So hello to you as well. So my name is Claire and I'm a part of the team here at One Heart Church. And I'm so excited to share the word with you this morning. And I pray that we can get a hold of something this morning. Um, so maybe we'll just start off by praying because I know that we can invite the Holy Spirit into this room. So Lord, I just thank You for loving us. I thank You for Your presence. I thank You for Your Holy Spirit. I thank You for inspiring us. I thank You for the truth of Your Word, Lord, that we get to read so freely, Lord. So I just pray today, Lord, that You can speak to us. You can encourage us. You can give us a fresh revelation of who You are in our life. And I'm, I just praise You, Lord, for all the things You're doing and all the things You're still going to do in our life. So thank you, Lord. So it's great to see Pearl here. I just glanced over before. So hey, Pearl, it's so good to have you back this week. Um, so the title of my message this morning is What's Right Versus Their Sight. So if you have the church app, I encourage you to flick that one open. All the notes will be great. Pastor Josh has got it open. Um, all the notes will be on the app today. So if you, if you want to follow along, that's an easy way to do that. So also, if you have your Bible, I want to encourage you to open up to Luke chapter 13, verse 10 to 17, and we're going to read that together right now. So it says, One Sabbath day, as Jesus was teaching in a synagogue, he saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She had been bent over double for 18 years as and was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. He touched her and instantly she could stand up straight. How she praised God. But a leader in charge of the synagogue was indignant that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six other days of the week for working, he said to the crowd. Come on, those days to be healed are not on the Sabbath. But the Lord replied, You hypocrites, each of you work on the Sabbath day. Don't you untie your, do your ox or donkey from its stall on the Sabbath and lead it out for water. This dear woman, of, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath? They, this shamed his enemies, but all the people rejoiced at the wonderful things he did. So my first point this morning, Jesus was teaching. Luke 13 verse 10, one day as Jesus was teaching in the synagogue. So we've set the scene, Jesus is teaching, He's known as a teacher. And I don't know about you, but whenever I think about teachers, I just instantly think about school or maybe university or kindergarten, or maybe you think of your favourite subject or all the wonderful new things you're going to learn about. Naturally, we think of ourselves as the students, right? The ones learning. We never really think about what the teachers are doing. We may never think about the preparation that goes on into preparing content, preparing a lesson or preparing to teach. Now, you wouldn't go to school as a year one student and learn about things at a university level. There's preparation involved for who you're teaching so that and, and you prepare in a way that allows them, the students, to understand easily um, 
the content. And thinking about Jesus as a teacher, it makes me wonder how he, how he, um, about his preparation to teach, um, how he was planning on teaching the church, what his preparation involved and what he was told to do. Now in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, Jesus was referred to as a teacher 39 times. So it wasn't just a one-time thing or um, it just happened a few times. 39 times Jesus was referred to as teacher. He was known for being a teacher. Much like the teachers we know, Jesus took time to prepare. So in Scripture, we see there were times and places of preparation for Jesus himself. He took time to spend with God before public ministry. It says in Luke 5 verse 16, But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. In other words, Jesus spent time in the presence of God. He spent time listening, learning and seeking. That is how he was prepared. Scriptures also say that Jesus um, moved into the, into the wilderness to pray in the presence of God. He spent time preparing for ministry and tasks. He spent time in the presence of God to recharge after working, to work through grief before making decisions and in times of distress and hardship. I'm just going to read a few scriptures to you this morning. Um, Luke um, 6 verse 12 says, One day after... Afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. He prayed to God all night long. Mark 1 verse 35. Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and slipped out to a solitary place to pray. Mark 6 verse 31. Then Jesus said, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. Jesus's preparation was in prayer. And it makes me think, if it's important for Jesus to spend time in prayer, how much more important is it for us to spend time in prayer? Scriptures highlight and illuminate the importance of being in the presence of God daily. And we hear about it. We encourage you to do devotions, to spend time with God, to pray, to to have personal worship. And we don't just say it for saying sake. We say it because we know that there's power in being in the presence of God. It's important for us to spend time with God daily. If Jesus made time and allowed time to spend with God, to withdraw from the busyness of life into the wilderness, to take time out of the routine, um, to allow a space to be refreshed, restored and taught, how much more important is it for us to be in His presence too? And we as believers, as children of God, need to know, no, need to allow God to speak to us in those times in the wilderness. Allow Him to teach you in the quiet place with no distractions, for our hearts to align with God's heart, for His voice to be clear and His plans to be shared. And God actually really does speak in those spaces. God prepares our hearts. He prepares the ministry. He prepares the next season. God speaks to us about what to do next, how to love people better. He speaks through us um, through us and to us to witness to people. He uses us to pray for people, to see salvations, to see healings, and to let miracles flow. And we see this, um, we see this in the time when Jesus went to the synagogue He went to teach. He was prepared in the presence of God. He knew how to teach. He knew what to teach. He knew he would be healing. He knew he would be setting people free because that's just in his nature. He's a healing type of God. Um, He... Jesus is prepared to do the work of the ministry. We need to be prepared in the presence of God to do the same. Like a teacher prepares for a lesson, we need to allow God to prepare our hearts. So my second point this morning, people are the focus. Wow, that's just, that's a crazy thought, isn't it? People are the focus. Luke um, chapter 13, verse 11 to 13 says, 
He saw a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. She'd been bent over double for 18 years and was unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over. Dear woman, you are healed of your sickness. Then he touched her and instantly she could stand up straight. How she praised God. People are the focus. We just read about Jesus teaching in a synagogue. He saw a woman. He noticed her. I I can just imagine he was maybe mid-sermon and he was like, I see you. I see you. I notice you. I know what's happening in your life. He didn't wait till the end of his sermon. He said, right now, I notice you in this moment. My eyes are for the one. Jesus focused on the one lady, the lady with the need, the lady um, the lady who needed to be healed, who needed to be set free. Jesus noticed her. And we see it time and time again in Scripture. Jesus notices the one, the one lady who'd been bleeding for 12 years. She touches the hem of his garment. He noticed her touch. The man born blind in John chapter 9, Jesus noticed him. He spits in the dirt. He says, rub it in your eyes. It's unconventional, but he did it for the one to be healed. Jesus cast out demons. He healed the lame and the paralyzed. Jesus always has time for people. He always noticed the one. People are the focus of Jesus. Jesus, People are Jesus' focus. And Jesus died to set us free. He has a high value on our lives. It says in Romans 5 verse 8, But God showed His great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And the theme... Um, of our church, of, of church this year is for the one. It says in Luke 15 verse 7, in the same way there is more joy in heaven over the one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 who are righteous and haven't strayed away. It doesn't say specifically when this lady noticed Jesus, but He noticed her. He noticed her. His eyes were for her. His heart was for the one. And Jesus allows Himself to be interruptible. Jesus didn't just play it safe and think, oh yeah, this is normal. I'll just not heal on the Sabbath because that's, that's what's normal right now. The normal didn't dictate what he did. Jesus had a plan. He had a purpose. He had a destination, but he allowed himself to be interruptible to change this lady's life. He stopped, focused on her and healed her. Being interruptible equals being people focused. And for us at One Heart Church, I just feel that it comes to our alignment of our vision. Our vision is to be a large, relevant church of mature believers who love our community. I just love the end of that. Mature believers who love our community. We as the church, we are the church who loves people, whose heart is for our community. A church who loves our community, who is people focused. And Jesus d- doesn't just play it safe. He doesn't just play it normal. And I found in our I statements, our core values at our church, that everything that Jesus did is in those, in those core values. It says informal. He wasn't bound by religious structure or what was normal, common or safe. He was inspired in the presence of God through pe- prayer and quiet time. He was impacting. He brought darkness into light and crowds of people followed him. They, they travelled to be in his, his presence. He was influential. He influenced his community. He changed people's life. He was investing and imparting to pass on to future generations. He says, let the children come to me. Let everyone come to me. He was inclusive, welcoming all people, the sick, the crippled, the broken, the lonely. He welcomed them all in. There was no discrimination and increasing. He 
the church was increased by his ministry, calling us to make disciples of all nations and baptizing them. Jesus' focus was for people. He knew the method of how the religious leaders were leading in that synagogue. He knew how they taught, bound by religious structure. It was normal for them to just follow the rules. But Jesus came to teach, he came to change lives, and he came to set people free, to leave people better than when he found them. And sometimes I know myself, I'm guilty. We get caught up in the motion of life and what's normal. Our day-to-day life gets busy. We live by routine and sometimes we just miss when God's speaking to us. We're not, we're not seeing when God's moving because we're just too focused on our run sheets or our to-do lists or our notes. And we actually miss the opportunity to be interrupted, right? We feel like it's scary to be interrupted. Maybe people have told you it's rude to interrupt people, but When you're interrupted by God, that's a good interruption, right? That's a good interruption to be interrupted by God. Um, And God brings the focus of our lives back to the focus on people because we're for the one, right? And I'm not saying don't be, uh, I'm not saying to always live life like spontaneously or to never plan anything because when we fail to plan, we plan to to fail. We fail to prepare, we fail to, um, in preparing ourselves and we're just, we're just really asking to, to fail. So we need to prepare and plan, but still allow God to minister to us, allowing God to speak in and through our lives and allowing ourselves to be interruptible for God to move. My third point this morning, what they see. So Luke chapter 13, verse 14 to 16 says this, But the leader in charge of the synagogue was disappointed that Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath day. There are six other days for working, he said to the crowd. Come on, those come on those days to be healed, not the Sabbath. But the Lord replied, You hypocrites, each of you work on the Sabbath day. You don't you don't untie your ox or donkey from its stool on the Sabbath and lead it out for water. This dear woman, a daughter of Abraham, has been held in bondage by Satan for eighteen years. Isn't it right that she be released even on the Sabbath? Jesus was called out for doing work on the Sabbath. He was called out for doing the right thing, actually. The religious leader's sight was distorted. It wasn't focused on people. It was just focused on what rules can we follow today? Oh, tick, tick, tick all these boxes off. No, their focus wasn't on the church. Their focus wasn't on the one. Their focus wasn't on people. It was just all these rules and regulations that they were taught to follow. Their hearts were not for people. Because while they saw it as a sin and as a disappointment, Jesus saw it as an opportunity to set someone free. While they saw it as a disappointment, Jesus was deliberate in what he did. While they saw it as a reason to be against Jesus, but Jesus' life was for people. And we can see, um, yeah, Jesus' life was for people. He didn't play by the rules. He didn't conform to the rules the laws and religious regulations, he knew what he was doing, knowing that God had prepared him for this ministry. And we can be like like that too. You know, we can go out on a limb, we can take a leap of faith, we can chat to that person that doesn't know Jesus. Um, We all know someone who's in need of being saved. If Jesus was even questioned and put in a position like that, we can expect to be in that position too, right? So it's sometimes not not a bad thing because even Jesus was questioned on, why are you doing that? That's wrong. So Jesus was challenged and questioned. The religious leaders were not happy. But um, 
yeah, even around that uncomfortable questioning of, why did you do that? I, I can't believe it. He still responded with, even you work on the Sabbath. You're just being a hypocrite. And Jesus showed his love for people by challenging those religious leaders. This lady has been in bondage for 18 years. Isn't it right that she be released? Does she not deserve to be set free today? Yes, because Jesus loves people. Jesus is appointed by God to perform miracles. He's appointed to heal and set people free. And we can do the same, standing strong in the truth, knowing that we are called by God. We have authority, we are anointed, and we are equipped. John 10.10 says this, The thief's purpose is to kill, steal, kill, and destroy, but my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I don't know about you, but I want to see people being set free, living a rich and satisfying life because that's what Jesus has done in my life. That's what He's done, I'm sure, in your life too because the enemy is so quick to get into those those places that we're not, that we're not attentive to. You know, maybe it's in your family life. You know, I want to see my family living a rich and satisfying life. I want to see my workplace living a rich and satisfying life. I don't want the enemy to come in and destroy those those beautiful places that God has has destined for them, you know, prepared the future for the one, you know. I I'm so excited to see a day when we can be rejoicing in heaven and celebrating together and not not being destroyed or shot down or targeted because that's just what we that's what we know, that's what we hear. And I think it's just so powerful that Jesus commissioned us to go and make disciples of all nations. He says, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. You are called. I'm called to go and make disciples. We're called to go. We're called to witness. We're called to set people free, to baptize them and let God transform their lives. It says in Acts 20 verse 28, So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, His church purchased with His own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as leaders. We are called, positioned, appointed as leaders as the body of Christ by the Holy Spirit to love, guide, disciple and teach people. Because so quickly the temptation comes back again. It's like a yo-yo. You think it's gone and it bounces right back up again. It just keeps on coming back, you know. We have to teach people how to guard themselves, how to not fall back into old habits or old temptations. Because so quickly those challenges come back. If there's no guarding and no protection, there's no. we're not standing with those people. We're going to see people fall and fall away from the church, fall away from their call, fall away and not know how to get back on the right course. So we are appointed by the Holy Spirit to be leaders, to be the church, to be the friend, to be the person who loves the one. James 1 verse 22 to 24 says this, but don't just listen to God's Word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. If you listen to the Word and don't obey it, it's like glancing at your face in the mirror. You see yourself walk away and forget what you look like. We need to be ready to go, be prepared in the presence of God, being strengthened in the Word. We need to know how to love people the same way that God loves His people. 
Jesus never leaves people the way He finds them. He saw the lady and He didn't hesitate to heal her. He saw an opportunity and did something to to change her life forever. And we want to give you that same opportunity today. So I'll invite you to stand up um, this morning. Um, In James verse 5, chapter 14 to 15, it says this, Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer often in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed sins, you'll be forgiven. So church, I ask you, are any of you sick? This can be in any way, you know. This lady was was crippled for 18 years. That's 18 years too long in my opinion. Like the lady bleeding for 12 years. That's a long time. Like the paraplegic man who was lowered through a roof because it was too hard to get in the presence of Jesus. Jesus wants to meet you right where you're at, in the middle of your life, in the middle of your brokenness. And today you might be weighed down like this lady, you know, bent over double, you know, she can't stand up straight. You might be weighed down with hurt, you know, with brokenness, unforgiveness. You may be suffering, you're sick, you're lonely, tired, weak, stressed, struggling mentally, emotionally, physically. Jesus wants to make you well today. And the first step in being made well is actually moving towards Him, allowing Him to heal you. If Jesus can do it for them, if Jesus can do it for me, He can do it for you too. And the world will tell you, we hear it so so often, you'll be right, you'll be fine. Other people have it worse off than you. Just learn to deal with it. But if Jesus can heal a lady who was broken for 18 years, what can He do in your life? He sees you. He knows what you're going through. He knows how you're hurting. Romans 12 verse 2 says this, Don't copy the behaviours or customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing and perfect. So let's allow God to transform us today. Let's allow God to heal us and release us today. Now, we want to give you the opportunity to give your life to God this morning, to allow your life to be transformed, renewed, and to be in a relationship with our God. So in a moment, there's going to be a prayer that comes up on the screen, and we're just going to um, pray this prayer together. Um, Now, this prayer isn't just going to be like, check, I've done that. My life is perfect. I'm going to walk out a a new person, you know, or hashtag healed. No. This is a starting point for you to say, God, I give you my life. God, I give you what's what's weighing me down. God, I give it to you. And so this morning, we're going to pray this prayer together. And there's power when we pray. There's power when we say, God, I give my life to you. He can transform you today. He wants to transform you today. So let's pray it on the count of three. One, two, three. Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God, that you died on the cross to forgive my sins. I ask that you forgive me. I give you my life and invite you to be my Lord and Saviour. Today, I am born again. I trust my future into your hands. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's just give those people a round of applause this morning. Who... 
And if you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, I just wanna encourage you, come and see myself or Pastor Kirsten or anyone else that you see up on the stage and we can actually help you get started um, on your walk with God because it's truly the most special thing you will ever encounter. So I would just welcome up Pastor Kirsten to close the service.